Welcome to Window on Technology, the tech podcast with Tobias Fenster. Welcome to the third episode of the um, Window on Technology podcast from Directions EMEA 2022 in Hamburg. My name is Tobias Fenster. I'm your host and I'm extremely happy that two of the organizers um, of the conference have agreed to talk to me today. So please introduce yourself. Well, hello and hi Tobias. Uh, my name is Torben Kregelund and I have been doing this here for the last 15 years. Uh, so it's a pleasure to be here in this, in this podcast with you. Hi, uh, I'm James Croucher. I'm the chair. Torben's the CEO. So I guess between us, we kind of cover a fair bit of it. Um, I'm a, my background is I run a partner in the UK and an ISV, but this is a passion to run directions. Great. So my first question would be, what are your highlights uh, from this year's direction? What was maybe different than other years or what did you especially like about this year? I think this is the first time that I could uh, drive to the direction, so that was a big plus. But I think from a from a conference uh, perspective, it was uh, there was a lot more uh, power uh, platform in there, and we were a lot more people this year than we've ever been. So I think this has been this has been two of the big highlights this year for me, James. Yeah, I think you know the the, the subject matter was wider and uh, deeper. So, you know, uh, my background is, is functional, technical, if you like, and, and sometimes I felt we 45-minute sessions just wasn't enough and it was kind of left you with more questions than answers. And, and we've addressed some of that. So, you know, uh, and also 12 simultaneous sessions is pretty impressive. Um, not many people couldn't find something that was interesting. Yeah. And Milano, to me, felt like an, an in-between session, uh, in-between conference in a way. It didn't feel like it was fully back. And well, now it's this massive onslaught. It really felt like Vienna, but even more on top. So it, it felt like now it's really back, right? Yes, I think Milano was kind of lucky. It fell in between two lockdown periods in the COVID time. So it was, it was really lucky that we could pull it off. But now we are back and, and people still want to come back and meet in person. We can definitely feel that after a week like this. So, um, yes, ready for, for next year and growing it even further. Yeah. I think that's, you know, for me, um, I, I guess I'm never satisfied. So it's kind of what else can we do and, and, and how can we improve it? I think uh, we have uh, Directions is, is a fantastic resource for the community. Um, I feel like custodian of it. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, but let's maximize its potential. Um, we want to preserve the essence of all the great community. It's fantastic that everybody is willing to come and share and be just so open and transparent. I think that's one of the things that's always made this group successful. Um, but, you know, and, and how big can you get and preserve that? So there's some questions about the future, but those are the ones we're asking after a successful event and not the how should we have made this work? So I think the fact that we're up at that level of question and not the what went wrong question <laughs> level is a sign of success. Absolutely. Uh, as you're the organizers, one with a ton of experience, one also with a couple of uh, events now, um, what, what would you say for the audience who don't know how organizing a conference on Netscale is, what, what would be the most surprising thing that people don't see if they just attend and not organize this? 
Uh, I think one of the things that, that people don't realize is that we actually have to book venues now two or three years in advance. So you uh, so, could so we tell are, us where 2025 is happening. I could, but that's going to be uh, <laughs> that's going to be spoiling spoiling that surprise for you for next year. Actually, <laughs> 2024. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said three years. So I, I was just asking. No. So I think I think that is that is when you get to that scale, you you do need to to um, to look quite out out in advance. Uh, but then I think all the the back work be, be getting a conference up and running like this with catering with uh, HDMI adapters for every single speaker, uh, getting all of these details sorted out, that is just an enormous amount of work. Uh, but now we have some extra help in, so we are, we are getting a lot better at that. But, but people don't realize how much work is there. I mean, they think it's a, it's a phone call to the catering company and a phone call to the conference center. But, but it's, we've actually been here multiple times, and there's a lot of work going into just doing the practical things. And I also think that people don't realize that if you say this is the team doing the organization, it's not the you know, the figureheads and there's a bigger team behind it, but that's really the team. Yes, it is. It is. Of course, we get help from the from the local suppliers, but but it is a it is a, a team effort behind it that, that makes this that makes this work. And, we, you know, you're trying to balance because we want as many people to be able to come as possible. And that's about keeping the, uh, the cost of attendance as sensible as we possibly can. And balancing that against the quality of what we do, so you know, you're trying to you try to really control costs as much as possible, while making a quality experience because we've got to get that balance right, and that's hard sometimes to make those decisions, particularly when you you know you turn up at a conference centre and they, and they go, no, that wasn't included. Why did you make that assumption? And now it's going to cost X. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of that's where um, I think these guys the. Torben now as the CEO and, and the support he's got behind him made a great difference this year because they were so far ahead in terms of like, this is included, this is included. And, and the checklists and the, the kind of control of it was just at a different level. Um, okay. So he did a fantastic job. I think an, another thing that, that uh, impacts the event and the success of the event is the ISVs, so the sponsors. And, and we shouldn't forget the work that they put into putting on this show and, and, and the money they spent on doing this. Because as James was talking about attendee cost, but if we didn't have the sponsors and if they didn't put all that effort into it, this would not be such a, a successful event. So, so I think it, that they put in a lot of work and they helped this community drive and, and help fund it also. So. I, yeah, and I'll be controversial enough to say that I think some of the attendees, you know, they see a, a, a gold sponsor presenting at a keynote and he's like, oh, get off the stage, we want Microsoft. If that gold sponsor wasn't there, um, Microsoft wouldn't be there and they wouldn't be here because without them, we simply couldn't get close to paying the bills. Um, and so I'm not saying it's a necessary evil. I think, you know, what we're trying to do with the gold sponsors you know, I explained in the keynote is we're saying, right, next year there will be three different ones. So you will never see the same presentation. I remember going back and last year was pretty much this year and, you know, I, I'm bored with that. There's Nothing's changed. So we're trying to understand our audience and, and play it from both sides of saying, okay, you want to come here to learn. We're going to show you something different. And if it may be relevant to you, it may not be, but at least you'll know whether it is or not. it isn't. But I, but I do think the ISVs also, besides the funding, is, is also a vital part of the community. Yeah, yeah. Because many of the resellers out in the local countries, they need 
different ISV solutions to, yeah. to compete and to make uh, better solutions for their customers. So I think they are, they are an integrated part of the whole community also and, and are needed here, not, not just for their money. That, that for me has been one of the changes to the SaaS world. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's SaaS, maybe it's extensions. <laughs> it's a and I've, <laughs> I've had many debates in the kind of MVP. You know, the big monolithic solutions of the past era um, are dying stroke dead for me. Um, and, you know, the, the dealing with one ISV is not where most partners, any partners are anymore. You're dealing with 10, 12 can be a, an enormous list now and therefore yeah you need to come to event because keeping up with them all is a very difficult job if you if you're not and and this is you know that makes these three days really useful because you can go around and see them all and catch up with not just where they're at now but what their plans are and have those relationship building so I 100% agree it's you know um we're just trying to facilitate what the community needs, um, whoever the stakeholder is. What I heard in the, in the podcast yesterday that um, I also did is that maybe the keynotes also were a bit more on the marketing sales side than an inspirational keynote um, where, you know, to open up horizons, motivate people. So maybe the more traditional meaning of a keynote um, do, do you see that point, or do you feel differently about that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I think, you know, um, as organizers, um, we obviously, we, we control to a degree the non-Microsoft people who get on the keynote stage. <laughs> and then we hand it over to Microsoft, and um, we watch when you watch. Um, so our level of control about what they do and say, uh, we can ask, but we, uh, you know, that, that they, um, they decide the agenda, they decide the running order, they decide what they show, don't show. Um, who from Microsoft they invite through? I think you know there was there was a clear error um, for me ye um, yesterday morning, um, probably just before you um, recorded the podcast. In terms of um, it was a real shame that the runover in some of the keynote meant that um, Ryan Cunningham, I think, was was brilliant, and I've heard quite a lot of people say he was the best presentation that they saw. I thought that was fantastic. I think Toby, you know, from the commercial side, there were some really important things. Um, the technical people probably wouldn't be interested, but hey, you know, bills have to be paid. So the commercial side, I thought that was really good. And then Monique, um, who was new to the conference, never been here before, um, was presented to a room that was rapidly emptying because of the time. So look, we got the timing wrong. Hands up, um, I think, there's a, there's a dilemma about trying to cram as much content into a period of time as possible. And, you know, that gets steadily harder, I've found, as the, as the point contact for that, which is, you know, we can't leave this out. This can't, this has to be in. And it's kind of, it, it, to, be, to be honest, the only thing I can compare it to is like a release cycle. 
you know, where everybody's saying, this feature's got to be in, this feature's got to be in, you've got to do this bug fix. And you're going, well, if you want that feature in this release, something's got to be left out. And they're going, no. <laughs> and it's kind of like, then all of a sudden your release is too big. And what happens? It's delivered late. So, you know, it's, it's exactly that dilemma, I think. And, and clearly um, something wasn't right. So sorry to everybody for that. We have um, published... Um, are publishing the videos, I think, of the two um, uh, speakers. Um, so Toby and Monique, we recorded all the content for the keynotes for the first time this year. So we've turned that around really quickly and we're putting that in the community portal mm -hmm. as we speak. Perfect. That's the ideal segue because the community portal, I also uh, wanted to talk to you about because I... I kind of got mixed feedback. People really liked what they saw. At least that's what they told me. And I've personally also logged in. I really like what I see. The question that I discussed with a couple of people is, do we really need another social portal? Because I think one of you two even said it, we actually already have too many. So the solution for that is adding one more. And the other, um, the other question is, does it have to be gated? Is it really 2022 open community style and spirit that we have a fully closed down community or could it be an open community with some closed down parts what was your thinking when making that decision so so i think generally we we have had success with letting directions uh, conferences be for partners only i think we have seen some other conferences where there's customers also and it creates a a different atmosphere. I, th I think some of that uh, openness that James talked about before, that disappears when you start to have customers. Uh, I had, a, I had a, uh, an old colleague from Denmark, he said, when we go to Directions that week, we meet all the people that we compete with on a daily basis and we are the best friends and we share and we have fun together. On Monday, we are back on the street and we are fighting again. But, but, but I think that this is, the, this is, the, this is the, the idea with the community. And I think opening it up to customers will, will destroy some of that. Uh, so that's the one side. The other side is I think there is things that you want to discuss partner to partner and not have out in the open, right? So, so do, we, do you want to do, discuss the, uh, 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 what's it called, performance issues? You don't necessarily want that out in, in the open in front of, of the customers. You want to discuss uh, implementation methodology for cloud what are the pitfalls? What, what are, so I think some of those things you want to discuss behind a, a gated area. What I'm not sure if, if the, such a gated area will really keep it under wraps or if customers that are really interested wouldn't get it anyway. I, I agree. So if you really wanted to get in or get that information, you would get your, your favorite PC consultant to let you in and show. But we will still have it gated for the majority of the people. It will not be searchable. For in, for, you won't be on a Google search <laughs> results. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, so there's there's a funny story. I wrote um, I wrote an article that I published on a blog, and it was about some of the performance issues that I hit when there was multiple PTEs in, in uh, you know um, right back when that was a, a hot topic, and I felt I had to publish it because you know we'd certainly hit that head on and it, it, it causes a big problem and I thought if the community is not aware of this then actually you know that's going to cause even more pain so um, 
But then a certain guy called Paul White, who used to, you know, our community, <laughs> he sent me, uh, he, he uh, so he runs a different partner in the UK now, um, our biggest competitor in, in my day job. And he sent me a, an extract. They had a compete against NetSuite. And the NetSuite proposal had a page in it highlighting why they shouldn't buy Dynamics Business Central um, with a screenshot of what I'd <laughs> blogged. And, it, you know, Paul was brutal about the way Paul can be, about, <laughs> you know, why the hell are you publishing it? And, and he had a point, but also, you know, I, I would love to, to kind of warn my colleagues in the community that, hang on, <laughs> this pothole exists, mm -hmm. avoid it, because I think that's, that's the logical thing to do. So even from the technical side, um, you know, yes, there's, there's Yammer groups that you can post on, but I, I think, you know, they are Microsoft, the ones that we all collaborate. There are a whole bunch of um, issues, legal restrictions, so on, about what Microsoft can, mm -hmm. um, should post and, and how you should do those. I think we can, we can be a bit more agile. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want any abusive behavior on our mm -hmm. site or insults or... Uh, or anything of that nature, but I think having a um, and, and one that's a bit more curated. So that's the aspiration that actually, you know, a lot of those sites, because they're not really managed and, and kind of looked after and maintained a lot, I think aren't as effective as some of the forums where somebody's kind of taking a little bit of care and, and all of acting as a moderator. So, so that, that I, I didn't get that from the content that was shared in the keynote. Maybe I wasn't listening closely enough, but it, it's actually moderated. So we, we, you know, we have an aspiration that we form groups, and that you know that will be voluntary. Okay. Um, so you know, but I've already been talking to some of the people um, post-launching it in in the and and kind of saying, you know, well, would you like to have a group and would you like to moderate it and, and how do you feel? Some of those groups can be closed, so they can be invite only, which kind of keeps it, you know, that will work for certain groups in our community and some of them will be open and, you know, they're a bit more um, uh, free-for-all is, is a word I'm not sure whether I should use, <laughs> a phrase I'm not sure I should use or not, but you, you get it. And, and we're just trying to provide a kind of, I think that happens at directions in person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you walk around the halls, you bump into people, you have a discussion, you're part of a round table, you're part of whatever. Um, and, and I really sincerely hope that we can kind of replicate some of the freedom, openness, effectiveness that we have at the event for 362 days of the year. Yeah, okay. Um, talking about 360 days, it won't be as long until the next Directions event because no. as you already <laughs> also talked about, it's days of knowledge. Um, and you're really uh, expanding that a lot with not only Odense, but now also Dusseldorf and Birmingham and um, in the US, Atlanta, I think you said. We hope for Atlanta. We haven't got a contract for Atlanta yet, um, so we're still negotiating with the venue, um, but you know, we have a, des a definite ambition to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get 
trying to get dates that everybody is happy with <laughs> is unbelievably hard. There's always a public holiday oh, in some country, somewhere, right? Somewhere or state or <laughs> region or, you know, somebody's birthday or <laughs> yeah, kids are getting married or AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What I was wondering about in that, how you feel about the competition that is obviously happening. So we have DynamicsCon, we have Directions NA even, we have the uh, user groups that are trying to come into Europe as well. So it feels like the, the conference world that was relatively easy a couple of years ago, where it was basically tech days for tech people, Directions uh, for everyone, I would say, and, and then user groups in the US, but not a lot else happened. And now it's like there's a new conference popping up left and right every week. How do you feel about the overall picture there? Okay, I, I mean, you know, I might get some criticism here, but I'll be fairly transparent, um, tell it as it is, I'm afraid. Um, you know, Days of Knowledge, the first one was, okay, uh, Luke won't run anywhere other than Antwerp. Um, we've asked him that, other people have asked him that, and yet shipping everybody to Antwerp, if you're a long way from Antwerp, is a lot of time and expense. And so I think the partners who would love to send everybody to Tech Days can't. I think Tech Days in the, its current venue is in capacity now anyway. I was there this year. It was, I think you were, it's you know, pretty full down there. <laughs> um, and it, so it, it can't expand um, in its current format and, and changing it would probably alter it. So, you know, um, we got a lot of questions of saying, would you set up a Tech Days event in our geo? Now, Luke's doesn't want to do that. Um, so we're filling uh, that gap with Days of Knowledge. Um, and we're not trying to um, exceed uh, Tech Days or, or compete with it or whichever. Um, I don't see us doing a Days of Knowledge in, in Belgium any time. Um, and what would be the point? He has a very good event. He runs it very well. I can't, uh, you know, the, 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 he just wouldn't compete with it. It's not sensible. And, and he will have the advantage. He has the advantage that, you know, the Microsoft dev team has sent way more people to his event than they will be willing to do to the others. But if you are in, if you're a partner in Denmark and, uh, you know, you have a team of 30, 40 people, 50 people, which is not unusual these days, then, you know, do you choose to send five of them to Tech Days and try and get them to turn the knowledge around to their teams when they come back? Or would you prefer to send um, all of them to a local event and get them, uh, you know, get them not just the maybe the knowledge firsthand, but also the... Um, the buzz that people tend to come back from that side of events. And I think that's an underestimated component of conferences. It's not necessarily just the straight learning. It's the enthusiasm and inspiration that they can provide, particularly yeah. to people who've never been to one. Um, sorry, long answer. Uh, <laughs> DynamicsCon uses something, I mean, I've, spoken at those, been to lots of them over the years. The content, because uh, because of their audience, is fairly, it's level one, level two. Um, 
we're looking at level three, level four, that tends to be much more what the partner community needs because of the specialization than the end user community needs. So I don't see, um, you know, I think there might be some cooperation um, between in in the future. That's an aspiration. We talked about whether, you know, we ran the the, uh, events back to back so that the more technical people could stay on for that deep dive and um, there was an option. So anything's open in the future, but I I don't really see them as competition. I see them as um, uh, just something that that, that exists out there. It's not... um, Different audience. Different audience, that's the words, yes. Yeah, I think I want to go back to what you started with and say we, we really just want to focus on making the quality as good as possible. So, so whatever the, the, the SMB community needs is what we would try and service them with and, and make that as good as possible. Uh, and, and then I think our, our strength is that we have that focus. We have focus on historically the BC partners, but now more the, the SMB partners with, uh, with the Power Platform and with the CE. So it, it is really that core group of partners there that is uh, that is the the target and the one we want to create the best possible uh, experience, experience for. for yeah you shared kind of the i think it was global mvps and local heroes and i was very happy and honored <laughs> to be on that list as well thanks for that but um is it already clear how much microsoft will be included there no we're still talking to them so okay. we've had some discussions with with freddie and and Mike here this this week. So okay. we'll sort that out here when yeah. we get back and, and the dust settles. Yeah, because I guess that will be also interesting for the audience who, who will be there as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. So we, we, we do hope that we can have the, the at least the session titles ready here by 1st of January and we oh, can wow. start to publish okay. that out. Yeah. We may not have all the details in the abstracts, but uh, but we will have the titles and the speakers ready. Yeah, that should be enough to yeah. make the decision yeah. for yeah. attendees whether yes. they want to attend or not. Thank you, Matt. Can I just add one clarification that I didn't do in the keynote, um, which is if you're on the local heroes list, um, it doesn't mean you're limited to the one event. <laughs> <laughs> so to us, if you want to get on a plane and come to the UK and, and definitely want to see you in a dance again, so please, you I know. I think he's already performed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by the time we get there, I'll actually be able to pronounce it right as well. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Look, I know you need to go. So thanks a lot for your time. Thanks a lot for your insights. It's extremely interesting for me to talk to you and I hope for the, for the listeners as well. So, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks, Julius. This was Window on Technology, the tech podcast with Tobias Finster. Thanks for listening.